How's it going, Longhorn Nation? Welcome to Big Bets, a gambling podcast focusing on the Big 12, presented by Texas Talk. I'm your host, Ryan McLoon, and I'm here to give you the best bets for this Saturday. Before we get started, I feel a moral obligation to just tell you all to gamble responsibly. If you can't lose it, do not use it. There's a reason those hotels in Vegas are incredibly, incredibly nice. All right, before we get into the week eight slate, let's see how we did last week. Page turn. Uh, We did very bad. Terrible, actually. We went two and four, uh, absolutely plummeted our year-to-date winnings and our year-to-date winning percentage. We are now just barely in the black at plus 0.97 units. So if you bet $100 with us and you played every single play that we told you to, you'd be up 100 bucks. Not the best. Um, you would be up 100 bucks. So you would still have the 100 that you've been playing and also have another 100 in your pocket. So again, we're still in the black. We have some house money, but we need to get back on track. The The winning percentage at 51.6% is just not good enough. The only reason we're in the black right now is because we hit a few money lines where we actually did pretty well on money lines um, so far this year, and we got another one tonight. So really, really excited to get into this slate. Something else to note, and this is just maybe superstitious of me, I'm not sure, but the way I lay out my 2023 record book, it is three uh, three columns by four rows. So that equals 12 weeks of the college football season. Well, in the middle columns, week two, week five, and now here in week eight. Week two and week five, I have a total of eight wins and one loss. It just absolute heater in this middle column here. So maybe that's all I need. We need to get some money made in this middle column here. And that is exactly where week eight sits us at. I know, a little stupid, but... Trust me. Trust me. I think I feel really good about this week. Now, let's get into it. First game, and this team has just been a nightmare for me to predict every single week. I don't think I've gotten a single play of their game correctly. If you've listened to the previous podcast, you probably know who I'm about to say right now, but Oklahoma State at West Virginia. Absolutely cannot get any Oklahoma State game correctly at all. It is just a brutal scene here. Last week, Kansas at Oklahoma State. We had Kansas minus two and a half. That looked like a no-doubt winner midway through the game. Then uh, Jason Bean just decided to just throw the game away. It was it was tough scenes for us. Absolutely brutal. We had another brutal loss last week as well with West Virginia minus two and a half. Uh, If you didn't catch that play, that was either Thursday or Friday night. They all kind of blend together at this point. But Houston just throws a Hail Mary to end the game after Houston scores a touchdown to easily be covering the number. 
with 15 seconds to go. Houston throws a Hail Mary, completed, touchdown. Obviously, Houston wins money line. So the West Virginia minus two and a half did not cash. As for the other loser, while we're just while we're here, let's just talk about it. Kansas State at Texas Tech. We took Texas Tech money line. Texas Tech's uh, starting quarterback, Baron Morton, was out of the game. Uh, he got injured mid-game, and uh, he's kind of questionable for this week. So we'll kind of see where that takes us. The only other loss we had that we haven't talked about yet is BYU at TCU. We had BYU plus five and a half. That was just a terrible bet that BYU didn't stand a chance. TCU actually boat raced them. Not even close. So that one I can live with. The other three, the other three were tough to swallow, especially West Virginia, because that one we had money in the bank and obviously just did not cash it. Kansas at Oklahoma State is stings a little bit as well because Kansas should have won that game. Uh and we have a year-long future on Kansas over six and a half team total uh, wins for the season. So we absolutely needed that, that that Kansas win for that reason as well, and it didn't hit. So tough week, tough week for us uh, in week seven. So let's get into week eight. We're turning the page here. Week eight, game one, Oklahoma State at West Virginia. We're taking West Virginia minus two and a half. Uh, it's at minus three in most places. I'm buying that hook. I'm buying that half point. Uh, you could get it around minus 130 at Barstool Sportsbook is the best I've seen it. Uh, if you can get minus two and a half clean, uh, that works too, you know, even better. But I would definitely buy the half point because I'm not taking any chances with this Oklahoma State Cowboys Mike Gundy-led team. They have just been a bane of my existence. I need to see one go through the hoop. I do not want a push here. So I'm personally going to give up a little bit more of my winnings by that half a point and uh, make sure that we get the W here uh, on this Saturday. Next up, we have TCU at Kansas State. We're going to take TCU plus six. I know Kansas State just absolutely dominated Last week, um, they dominated Texas Tech. Again, though, this was Texas Tech without their second-string quarterback, Baron Morton, because their starter at the start of the season, Tyler Shuck, is out for the year, I believe. So he he definitely wasn't in this game, obviously, and he's been out for some time now. So Baron Morton steps in. He gets injured as well. That's basically Texas Tech's third or fourth-string quarterback at this point, just tough scenes for Tech. Kansas State ran all over them, specifically with true freshman quarterback Avery Johnson. Does concern me a little bit for sure, but I think TCU might be figuring some things out midway through this season. I think this defense is going to do a really good job at limiting Kansas State in the running game. Avery Johnson kind of changes the numbers there a little bit, but the way TCU plays defense with that 3-3 uh up front look they have the linebackers obviously they're not as athletic as Avery Johnson but they're more athletic than the defensive lines um especially Texas Tech's defense so I like TCU plus six here uh next up we have a trio of plays here at Texas Tech at BYU 
Like I said, Baron Morton may or may not play this week. We're not sure. What we are sure of is that um, Texas Tech is traveling to Provo at night. It's a 6 p.m. kickoff. That is bad scenes um, for the opposing team because weird things happen in Utah at night. It happens when you're playing Utah in Salt Lake City. It happens when you're playing BYU in Provo. We're taking BYU plus three. We're also going to take BYU Moneyline plus 130. You can get both of those prices at Barstool Sportsbook and DraftKings. We're also going to take the under 51. This one's a little risky because Texas Tech plays with incredible pace of play on the offensive side of the ball. So we're going to need BYU to kind of control the pace of play. If Baron Morton is not good to go, which in my opinion, the way this line sets up just screams that Baron Morton is going to play, even if nobody reporting it actually knows. I think Vegas already knows the answer to that question. And I think the fact that Texas Tech is still favored at minus three as an away team kind of tells you all we need to know and that Baron Morton is going to be playing. But he still might be a little bit dinged up. Uh, Texas Tech might not rely on him completely. Maybe they won't uh, have that pace of play. And even if they do, BYU can take control of this game with the way they play football. So we got to kind of root for BYU to kind of have control of this game all the way through, which is a little scary of a proposition because if it doesn't go that way, we could definitely lose all three of these bets. It's very high risk, but in my opinion, I think BYU is a tough, tough team. And I think Kalani Sataki, um, absolutely has BYU in a pretty good spot. Even if they're not super, super talented and Texas Tech might be the better team on paper, I just think BYU at night in front of their home crowd, I really, really like that. And sometimes in college football, in the NFL, I feel like you can ignore that a little bit more. But in college football, it has so much to do with what happened last week. And Texas Tech getting absolutely ran on all night long against Avery Johnson, you know, maybe they'll want to slow the game down a little bit so that doesn't happen against BYU. BYU coming off a terrible, terrible loss to uh, TCU last week as well. Kind of just hoping that they're wanting to come home a little bit pissed off and a little bit ready to punch somebody in the mouth, and they can absolutely do that against Texas Tech. Those are my five plays that don't involve the Texas Longhorns. We have West Virginia minus two and a half, TCU plus six, BYU plus three, BYU money line, and the Texas Tech at BYU game total under 51. Uh, that under is minus 110. You can also find a 50 and a half at minus 105. Completely dealer's choice there. I'm going to take the 51 because, like I said, I'll take every half a point or push as I can get here because it's basically three bets betting on BYU to dictate uh, the pace of play there and, you know, kind of dictate how this game is going to be played. So I'll take that half point a little bit um, worse odds. Now, for the Texas at Houston game. 
this Houston team, obviously, like we mentioned last week, they are coming off an incredible, incredible win over West Virginia. But they're playing so, so high right now. And they had a lot of time to recover from that. It was a Thursday night game. So they had a little bit of a time to kind of recuperate and refocus onto Texas. Texas had in it a whole entire bye week to uh, focus, refocus after that Oklahoma loss and kind of get back on the saddle and get ready for Houston. Texas absolutely needed that. We're taking Texas team total over 41 and a half. This Houston defense is bad, like really, really bad. Um, I think Texas can basically choose how many points they're going to score. If they want to score um, five, six, seven touchdowns, they're going to do it. And I think Steve Sarkeesian is going to want to do that because I talked about it in the main podcast um, a couple days ago, but Steve Sarkeesian needs to start padding the stats here, getting up early. He can't keep messing around like he did with Wyoming or Rice even in week one. You got to put this team away super early so you could get those backups in there. Um, or just, you know, just so you don't have to feel the pressure to score. You can try some different things. You can have Quinn Ewers work on his deep ball late in the game because you're not frantically trying to get up two scores and kind of put this thing away. You got to put it away early. I think Steve Sarkeesian is going to do that. Um, it's just a matter of if Texas is going to get the opportunities and that comes back to pace of play again. Houston plays a lot of plays. So Texas is going to get opportunities on offense, especially if their defense is making quick three and out stops, which this Texas defense in coverage has been pretty poor when they've been tested against Oklahoma. They didn't have their best showing against Alabama. They were pretty good at times. Jalen Milrow isn't quite a great quarterback, especially that being his second um, real kind of start as the starter. This Texas secondary needs to kind of step up here. And I think if that's kind of how this game is going to play out, I think Texas is going to have to make some stops consistently. And if they make those stops, three and outs, like I said, Texas is going to get the ball a ton of times because Houston plays so fast. Um, and they throw a ball, they throw the ball a lot, so that stops the clock on incompletions, obviously. Um, I just think this is going to be a Texas team total over 40, 41 and a half. Uh, shoot for that 42 number. The game total is 60 and a half. Honestly, I, I'm just going to stay away from it because that's implying that Houston has to score basically 20 points on their own. I think this Texas defense hopefully should stop them uh, scoring 20. They should they should keep Houston under 20. I know this is a good offense, but this Texas defense needs to kind of take a step forward, especially in pass coverage. I think Houston is a great stepping stone to that. So I don't think you can kind of pull any punches on the defensive side if you're Texas. 
Texas is also favored minus 23 and a half. You could absolutely bet that one. If you're betting um, Texas to score over 42 points and you think that Houston can be held to under 20, that's a really thin margin to not hit that minus 23 and a half. I'm not going to put it in my plays. Um, honestly, you probably could though. I, I might. I'm, I think I'm just going to do it. Um, just talking live on air. I kind of just talked myself into it a little bit. This Texas defense needs to step up and stop Houston. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to put it in the, I'm not going to put it in the plays. I apologize for going back and forth here, but now you're kind of doubling down on Texas's defense. So I'd rather just kind of wait and see how this Texas defense performs. But I do think this Texas offense is going to hit some explosive plays often. Um, I think Jonathan Brooks, Xavier Worthy, A.D. Mitchell, they should, uh, excuse me, Adonai Mitchell. I know that's how he wants to be uh, referred to as now. So try to respect that. But I think those guys are going to have really, really big days. I'm excited to see what this offensive line kind of looks like as well. Um, doesn't sound like Jake Majors is going to play. Um, I got to catch up on Steve Sarkeesian's press conferences to see if he says otherwise or not. But I, I would be pretty shocked if Jake Majors is back already. Somebody who I do think is going to be ready to go, or at least was supposed to be scheduled to be ready to go, is Cole Hudson. Um, I'd love to see him at that center position. If not, I think Connor Robinson, I know he's the third string center. I know he had a pretty poor game against Oklahoma when he was thrust in there, but Houston is not going to be able to take advantage uh, like Oklahoma seemingly did two weeks ago. So even if, with uh, Texas's injuries, um, I think that they still are going to be just fine on the offensive side. And I didn't even mention Jatavion Sanders, who also I would be shocked if he didn't play. But like I said, I got to kind of watch those press conferences. Uh, I'm, I need to catch up on those to see if Steve Sarkeesian has said otherwise or not. But again, I'd be kind of shocked if, if he did play. Honestly, I, I I hope he doesn't. Just give him, give him the week off. Houston should be kind of an easy game. And if it's not... This Texas team is not worthy of uh, of competing for a national championship in the college football playoff landscape. So I'm just going to put it kind of like that. If, if Texas kind of messes around with Houston and next week with BYU, um, then, yeah, I, I just don't think that they're college football playoff caliber of a team, uh, plain and simple. So in Steve Sarkeesian probably have to look himself in the mirror and, and, and figure out what the heck's going on here. But enough of that. Um, enough of a tangent there. I apologize for that. Let's go over the bets one last time before we get out of here. We have West Virginia minus two and a half. We have TCU plus six. We have BYU plus three. We have BYU money line. Uh, and that's at plus 130. Texas Tech at BYU under 51. And then we have Texas at Houston. We're taking the Texas team total over 41 and a half. All right. Those are all the plays I have for us this week. 
make sure to subscribe and share with as many of your friends as you can so we can all make a little bit of money this season. But again, um, last week was a huge wake-up call. If you cannot lose the money, please do not use it. Uh, Thank you all for listening. And as always, hook them.